Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Noble Gibbons, the EQ gangster. Noble, how you doing? I'm doing amazing, Big Timothy! <laughs> <laughs> Love the energy, man. Love the energy. And we're happy to have you on. We like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the things you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Absolutely. So I was born at an early age. Oh, come on! <laughs> This man. <laughs> I was waiting for the joker dad to kick in, man. <laughs> so so was I was I was born in Oklahoma, grew up in Illinois, went to college in New York at um, at West Point. It's a military school, and then graduated as an infantry officer, went to airborne school, ranger school. And then was stationed at Fort Bragg in the 82nd Airborne Division as an infantry officer. I used to jump out of airplanes to get to work. A lot of people drive. I used to jump out of airplanes and did that for a handful of years, then got out after five years. And then uh, from there started basically a serial entrepreneur, have been an entrepreneur for, you know, my, my almost not quite my whole life, but after I got out of the military, since then, I've been, been uh, pretty much an entrepreneur the whole time. And it's been amazing. So probably 10 different, uh, been a part of 10 different startups over half of those have failed. And I, I, you know, my mom's a Hispanic lady, a little four foot 10 Hispanic lady. My dad was a big giant white guy. So I look like my dad, but my, but I abla. So my mom again is a little Hispanic lady. And in our house, we grew up not having any conflict resolution skills. So we'd yell and scream at each other, but not ever talk about it or deal with it. Right. We just yell and scream, come back an hour later and act like nothing happened. Well, years of learning how to do that, I never learned about feelings and emotions. Then I yelled at my wife three times in three weeks about four years ago, and she said three things. Number one, don't ever do that again. Number two, you've never done that before, which means number three, you got more issues than Time Magazine. And so, boom, went to counselor. Counselor introduced me to two revolutionary new concepts called feelings and emotions. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so that got me started on my whole emotional growth, emotional intelligence journey. And then hobbies. So we homeschool. We both work from home. We were financially independent at 30 years old, me at 30, my wife at 27. But oddly enough, in a very toxic environment, very toxic, emotionally toxic environment. But because I had no emotional intelligence, I'm a people, I was a people pleaser addict. I was emotionally codependent. I had toxic positivity. I was, uh, uh, um, yeah, just very emotionally dysfunctional. And that's why I was able to be successful in this very toxic environment because I was a people pleaser. So I was a performer. That's another little free chicken, free tacos because I like Mexican food because I'm Hispanic. I got some Hispanic in me, right, is free tacos here is that people, there's a lot of successful people out there for unhealthy reasons. And I was one of those people. And so um, 
and so I love doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's part of my therapy. I love Brazilian jiu-jitsu. been doing that for four years. Uh, I love God. I love Jesus and love my family. And and we love shooting. We love outdoors. We love skiing, snowboarding. My daughter and I do snowboarding. And again, we homeschool. We homeschool our daughter since she since she was born because we want to teach her entrepreneurship. So anyway, that's a little bit about, about me. I love that. I love that. And I you kind of sped past it a little bit. Were you saying that your people pleasing, your need to people please was a result of low emotional intelligence? Bro, 100%. Absolutely. I was a, a, a people pleaser addict. And again, toxic positivity. I used to think, now part of it is my personality. So I, I am an outgoing guy. So there's no doubt about that kind of popped out of the womb outgoing, right? So so I've always been outgoing. But there are emotionally healthy and emotionally unhealthy versions of all of our personalities. I would just happen to be very emotionally unhealthy version of my personality. So I was very extreme. And the reason I was so extreme is because I was a people pleaser addict. I was trying to get my my identity from everyone else around me, which is a recipe for disaster. I try to get my validation and approval from everyone else around me, which again is a recipe for disaster because you know, especially the more successful you are, you will always have people that don't like you. And if you get your val your validation and approval and identity from people around you, you, that's that's the impossible. You'll never achieve that goal of everyone liking you, right? So uh, learning how to learning how to get healthier emotionally has helped my people pleasing addiction. I'm probably ninety five percent healed from my people pleasing addiction. And I, I just did an episode on my podcast uh, two weeks ago on how it, it showed up again in a, in a, this professional development seminar that I was a part of. And I felt the need to share my background and I felt disgusted after I did it. And after doing some, some reflection, I realized part of it is I was trying to seek validation and approval from my peers these other big colleagues and stuff that were very successful in their fields and i just thought man why why did i i i didn't have to share all my pedigree and all my background and stuff for what i didn't i could have just answered the question rather than telling people my 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 cv my curriculum vitae right my, my vitae my um my resume i don't need to tell people my resume like either my content is good or it's not good you know what I'm saying? And so I've learned how to finally do for the first time in my life, third quarter of my life, to to bring the gifts that God has given me to the world. And now I don't care. People love me. People hate me. Doesn't really matter to me either way. So people's praise doesn't affect me like it used to. And people's haterade doesn't affect me like it used to either. So my emotional growth journey has been life changing for me, bro. I love that. I love that. And so what would you say to those younger people out there who are struggling with people pleasing, but don't necessarily connect it to their emotional intelligence? Yeah, excellent. So, the, so let me let me first define what emotional intelligence is. Some people don't even know what that is. And there are multiple definitions. So this is just my definition. My definition of emotional intelligence is the ability to be aware of acknowledge, identify, process and manage your own emotions and the emotions of other people. All right, run that by us one more time. Absolutely. So emotional intelligence, where I define it is uh, the awareness, the ability to be aware of, acknowledge, identify, 
process and manage your own emotions and the emotions of those around us. So here's an example. We have, we all drive our automobiles, right? We all have a dashboard on our cars. What's the importance of a dashboard, right? It's, it's got a lot of value to know, oh man, what's this E for? Now, here's the thing. Is the E bad? No, it's just information. It's, it's just information. It's the same thing with our emotions and feelings. The goal of emotional intelligence is not to become some warm, fuzzy, kumbaya, you know, taking baths and essential oils, you know, smelling Skittle farts all day, rainbows and unicorns, right? That's not the goal of emotional intelligence is not to become some super warm, fuzzy, you know, we're all doing yoga and stuff and no offense for yoga people out there. But the goal is, is so that we can manage and control our own emotions and not our emotions managing and controlling us. Right. How many times have we been, you know, I think your background's real estate, right? Is how, you know, how many, how many, Oh man, real estate. I just did a presentation, dude. I just did a, a presentation to a hundred West point real estate professionals. And I asked them, dude, real estate is one of the most emotional financial decisions in people's lives. But how many of us have been trained on how to identify process and manage our own emotions? Hardly anybody, almost yeah. nobody, but our emotions affect and impact Lottie Dottie, everybody, and none of us have been trained on how to read our emotional dashboards. So it's not that we have bad or good emotions or positive, negative emotions. It's pleasant or unpleasant, comfortable or uncomfortable. An E is not a bad thing. If you're feeling, man, I'm running on fumes, well, that's not a bad thing to be aware of that, but now you, okay. But it's on E, so now guess what? You need to go to the gas station. You need to get filled back up, and you. But you got to know how do I even recharge? What's my menu? My options of recharging that are healthy and productive, because a lot of people have very unhealthy, unproductive ways that we try to recharge or fill some of those fumes up, which are not not healthy ways all the time. So that's what I want to do is to help create healthy leaders. Because here's another thing I love saying too: healthy leaders. Emotionally healthy leaders create emotionally healthy cultures and organizations, which maximize outcomes and results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Tell us a bit about your motivation behind the EQ Gangster and EQ Mafia movement and what yeah. keeps you up and gets you going. Yeah, thanks, Timothy. So for me, bro, once this this counselor turned me on to this whole, again, concept of feelings and emotion, which I was never... Dude, in my days, I'm, I'm, I could probably be old enough to be your dad, bro. And a lot of folks my age, dude, have not like in my generation, my parents are, you know, our parents, my age, you know, my age and stuff. Dude, we never talked about feelings and emotions, bro, ever. And so I, here I was growing up again, soldier, army, all this kind of stuff. Then business guy, entrepreneur. And dude, I, I never, I had no concept of feelings and emotions, dude. And I've read hundreds of books on leadership and, and human behavior and performance and stuff and never once heard anything or read anything about emotions and feelings and so when this guy this counselor turned to me on and was like hey dude you are you are clueless in the area of emotional intelligence emotional health and i'm like dude i don't even know what you are talking about right now like i was I, dude the emotional clue bus drove by and i just like waved bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying i had no idea what's going on and so for me, so then, so he, so I was, I was upset. I was mad that, that I've been studying people and leadership for two decades and didn't have the first clue about feelings and emotions. So I started, I started this hardcore, very intentional, emotional healing and emotional growth journey 
two years. So now I'm two years deep into this. And all of a sudden, all these different areas of my life, Timothy, started to change, bro. My faith with the Lord, my my relationship with my wife, my parenting, my health and fitness. I lost 50 pounds, bro. And I've done no less than 100 diets over the course of my life. Here's the other thing. I had a food addiction. I had a food addiction. Why did I have a food addiction? Because that's how I was coping emotionally and didn't even realize it. So my health changed. My my uh, my finances changed, bro. My business decisions changed. My like all these different areas of my life sort of changed. And I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, babe, is this all been because I've been emotionally dysfunctional this whole time? I'm like, babe, I've got to start a podcast just sharing my lessons learned because I can't be the only emotionally clueless guy out there, right? There's got to be other nobles out there that are as clueless as me with the same upbringing as me, or they didn't talk about feelings and emotions in the family or whatever. So, and I said, even if nobody listens to the podcast, at least I'll be able to go back and review my own lessons learned. So my podcast does not come from a place of, well, I've got a PhD from Harvard in behavioral psychology and let me teach you the ropes. Dude, it's, I, I tell all the people that are my EQ mafia, boom, they're my membership or they go to EQ gangster, they're part of the podcast, whatever. Look, I am learning right alongside you guys. I've just maybe three to four years ahead of you, but I'm still on I-95, y'all. Like, we're all on I-95. If you're on the East Coast, you know where that's at. You know what I'm saying? Then, 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 like, I'm still on the highway. I'm still growing myself every single day, and it's me sharing my real life lessons learned. So once I start to have all these real changes and transformation in my life, Timothy, I was like, oh, snap. I got to share this with other people, right? Because I, I got to help out other people. Because this changed my dude. This changed my life, bro. And and that's my jam now. So emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally. And when you're operating at max potential, because I I would argue, Tim, now I don't, obviously Timothy, I don't know you and stuff, bro. But I'm gonna argue that you are probably not operating at max capacity, at your max potential. And I bet you, I would argue now that me having four years into this space now, that uh, that maybe a percentage of that delta of your max capacity and optimal performance is a function of emotional intelligence. You're definitely correct. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and, and that's it for me too. The same thing. I mean, that's why I'm still working on it because I know I have a lot to grow. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's so, so important, which is why I, one, I really love your energy just coming on the podcast. And you can tell it's something that you've been intentional about. But two, you, you said emotionally, people who are emotionally healthy, help other people become emotionally healthy, right? Boom, you got it, bro. 100%, 100%. And, and here's the thing. Now, not everybody, right? So I don't want to set this false expectation that, oh, snap, okay, I'm getting healthier emotionally. So lottie dotty, everybody in my life is going to get healthy. No, no, no. That's not the case. Because you, because here's the other thing I've had too, because I'm a corporate coach too. I've got a, a number of corporate clients, big cheese, baller executives and stuff like that running big, big companies. And one of the things that they notice while they start growing their emotional intelligence they're like, man, we're realizing more and more people that don't have emotional intelligence. So what I'm saying, emotionally healthy leaders help other people grow their, their, you know, heal emotionally as well. Absolutely a percentage will get healthier emotionally, but there will also be a percentage that you will feel some tension as you get healthier emotionally 
and they continue to be have that fixed mindset rather than a growth mindset and they they choose not to grow their emotional intelligence you're going to be a lot more aware of it now if you start start on this if you start developing and taking ownership of your own emotional fitness program yeah yeah absolutely i love that and what would you say to the person who whose heart just breaks for that person who's kind of stagnant in that fixed mindset and they want to help bro yeah dude so what's crazy is so strengths finder i'm sure you've probably read strengths finder 2.0 if you haven't highly recommend it i use it with all my coaching clients a lot of my coaching clients not all of them but but a lot of them so i have empathy that's one of my one of my strengths is empathy and it it definitely hurts me when i see other people with a fixed mindset that are just not willing to grow but they've got a truckload of potential so here's what i do bro you ready for this this is money bro there's some free tacos for you so check this out so before i would do everything in my power to get you to change timothy which would come from a place of again because i was emotionally needy and my people pleaser addict i would try to help you when it's not my responsibility to so if i want you to change more than you want you to change that's not that's not a healthy move for me to try to get in your kool-aid right that's like me if you and me are neighbors so what's in my fence line is my responsibility what's in your fence line is your responsibility if i see your grass go at a certain your three inches oh i think i think i need to go mow timothy's grass well you may not want me to be mowing your grass that's not my responsibility to mow your grass but how many of the things that we stress about right now, Timothy, the number of things right now in your life that are stressing you out, bro, causing you some anxiety, what percentage of those can you actually control versus those things that you actually have no control over? A lot of, and in some cases, most of the things that we stress out, stress over are things that we can't even control. And this is one scenario where I can't control whether or not you take ownership and responsibility of your own emotional health and fitness. So I don't have a false responsibility anymore to try to help people that don't want to be helped. Me now, I only want to help people that want to be helped, that know that they need to grow emotionally and grow as a leader. I love that. I love that. And just curious, this is a kind of off topic question, but you have people in life, you know, so some people will have a fixed mindset and they'll die with a fixed mindset. And then you have people who have a fixed mindset and something happens and they go into growth mindset and they're ready to accept help. What is that thing, in your opinion, that happens in people's lives that makes that change? Okay, so I've heard the fixed mindset and growth mindset explained a couple of different ways. So one school of thought is one school of thought is you you either have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset and and there are some folks with fixed mindsets that like you said can't have an epiphany like oh snap I need to I need to grow and then they'll develop a growth mindset and then there's a percentage like you said that they'll just be a, grow, a fixed mindset forever until they die I've also heard it explained like this there there are certain times when maybe you need a fixed mindset and times when you need a growth mindset. So for me, I I like the philosophy. I'm kind of from the school of, the school of thought that I always want to be learning. I always like until the day I die, I want to be learning something new. I want to keep growing because I 
I know, I know that I, you know, I, I never, if I ever, in fact, this is one of my exercises. Ready for this, bro? Check this out. This is one of the exercises I do with my corporate clients. I'll have them write down, write down all the areas that you think you know the most about. So go ahead and take, you know, two minutes, five minutes, and I just have, you know, silence and I'll just have them write all the different areas. If I said, okay, Timothy, right now, I want you to do an hour presentation to a hundred people. What are the five topics you can give an hour presentation to to hundred people right now? Ready to go, right? And you're like, okay, well, I can do real estate. I can do whatever, right? whatever your areas would be. And then I say this, all those areas that you wrote down, that you, that you wrote down, that you know a lot about, those are the areas where you are the least teachable in right which is a slippery slope so if you if if you get in that mindset well you know i'm pretty balling i got you know a million two million five million ten million portfolio in real estate like bro come on what are you going to teach me in real estate be careful right be careful about those areas where you think you know the most about because those are typically the areas that we're the least teachable in so for me back to your question the thing that has helped me personally and what i've seen in other people sometimes unlock that fixed mindset into a growth mindset the right question at the right time that's why i'm a powerful powerful believer bro in questions the power of questions can can change somebody's life i love that i love that and i've never heard it before and it's been something i've been wondering for so long <laughs> So I love that answer. The right question. Well, and, and here, here's a here's a here's a perfect example. One of my buddies, um, we were talking about leadership, and he and he we were doing a leadership company at the time, and I just asked him. I said, I said, uh, we you know we were talking about leadership and leadership philosophy and the you know leadership company and stuff, and I said, bro, are, let me ask you this. I said, are, are you teachable? Oh well, man, you kidding me? Of, of course I'm teachable, man. Of course I'm teachable. I said. What's one thing you've changed in the last 90 days? Uh, well, uh, uh, okay, crap. I guess I'm not teachable because I can't think of anything I've changed in the last 90 days. Right? So that, the power of a question, because here's the thing too, Timothy, is that not, not everybody thinks about what they think about. Yep. And not everybody understands why they think what they think they just have their surface level response but they don't do that deep dive of why do they have that answer why right the power of why right the question behind the question um but i like to ask a lot of times people why three different times why and then they'll answer i say okay but why 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 that answer give me another answer okay but why that answer right so when you ask the, the why question two or three times, it really gets down into some foundational thought process that can reveal some mindset that maybe you didn't even know was there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Man, good questions. I remember somebody talking about a book where it's like the power of asking questions are like how to ask a good question. And um, you have reminded me of it and it's now bumped up on my reading list. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your dreams, goals, and vision for EQ Gangster and EQ Mafia. Yeah, great, man. That's great. When you when I when you sent those questions over in your in your thing, I was like, man, that's because see, that's changed too, bro. Because so I was a part of this again, very now we again financially independent at 30 years old, and 
we were part of a, a very toxic, emotionally toxic, emotionally unhealthy environment. And because I was a people pleaser addict and emotionally needy, I took on the goals and dreams of everybody else around me. So I'd say, Timothy, what are your goals? Oh man, I want to, I want to roll. I want a Rolls Royce Wraith. I want to, I want four homes. I want one house in Fiji, one house. In, and, and, and I want to have, you know, a, a Ferrari, a Maserati, a Lamborghini, a, right? And, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, man. I guess that's what I need to have too, because I want Timothy to like me. So I would, I would make my dreams like your dreams. So you would love, accept me, respect me. You know what I'm saying? And so now that over the past three or four years, I've, I've been going through this, this transformational journey of recovering from my people pleasing addiction. Now I'm able to really like, okay, man, what, what do I, what are my, what are my goals now? Like screw Timothy's goals, screw Bob's goals and Susie's goals and Frank's goals. And what are, what's no, why did God make me? And so for me, I've got a five-fold mission statement to positively influence millions of people, uh, um, to po positively impact God's kingdom, to positively influence the influencers, to raise the next generation to be patriotic world changers, to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, strength, and body, to help hungry people identify and pursue their purpose in life. So for me, that's my five-fold mission statement. I want to help as many people as possible, as many hungry people as possible, become as emotionally healthy as possible so that they can create the right cultures in their organizations to create the best and most effective outcomes in their organizations and with the individuals in their organization. So that's, that's really my, my dream. And, and then also family time, right? For me, bro, is family time. Like I, you know, I want to develop my relationship with the Lord and, and I want to continue to maximize my family time. Thankfully, bro, we are multi billionaires in terms of time. There, there is probably less than 1% of the population of the planet that has had the amount of family time. Our daughter, who's 14, has never known her parents to ever have a job. She's had two stay-at-home parents her entire life, and we homeschool her. So, dude, we are always hanging out with each other. We go climbing together. We do jujitsu. I mean, my wife does it, but my daughter and I, we do, we go to the shooting range together. We do, we do everything. And dude, but now I know that's not everyone's value, right? That's, and that's fine. But what I, what I, my challenge that I have with sometimes with some people is they say that X or Y is super important, but then when I have them do a time budget in their life, their time budget does not match up with their core values. They say, oh, no, but man, family, oh, yeah, family's most important to me. Okay, well, how much time have you spent with your family in the last 90 days? Give me a time budget. Get, and I want a day-by-day -day breakdown for at least one week. Let's just do the last week. Every day, tell me how much intentional time have you spent with your family? And most of the time, it's peanuts compared with hobbies, work, everything else. But no, 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 Timothy, man, family's my most important thing. It's most important. No, 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 no. Maybe you tell yourself that so you can sleep at night, but you and I actually know that that's not your, your true value because if it was, your time budget would reflect that core value if it really was a core value. So that's that's another thing for me is I want to continue for in terms of the goals and dreams. I want to keep my family time. We got four more years for my daughter until she you know goes and whatever she's going to do. Um, and I want to continue to maximize that family time. I want to continue to create the schedule and the lifestyle. It's another thing a lot of people don't think about is quality of life. Do you forget about the cars, that kind of stuff? 
what kind of quality of life do you want? How much time do you want? How much family time? How much friend time? How much personal growth time, professional? How much travel time, right? What kind of quality of life? Forget about, and don't think about it in terms of things. Think about it in terms of experiences and relationships, right? Because when you're on your deathbed, bro, are you going to care? Oh, man, I wish I had driven my Ferrari five more minutes or, you know, my, I wish I had one more house or no, you're not going to care about that stuff. It's the people in your life. So how are you investing in your social capital? So those are some goals and dreams I got. I love that. And I really love your point on the priorities because it's a call out for me too. Like I came back to Texas post-graduation to like spend more time with my family, hang out with my family and build that family time. And as I've gotten into work, you know, I'm doing the podcast. I have a W2, I'm doing real estate stuff. And I'm like, I spend like zero time with my family because I also have my girlfriend and I want to spend time there too. And I'm like, this just isn't going to work for very long. <laughs> like, It's not going to happen like this. And so it just made me think of some things and that made me think of it again. So, Well, and Timothy, here's another great lesson to, to, for you, you know, to, to, to give you, bro, is that, you know, you're still young, dude. Don't make the mistake that a lot of my classmates, a lot of my classmates are ballers, bro. They're ballers in real estate. They're ballers in corporate America. They're got the big giant homes. They got the, the you know, they got the, the cars, they got all this fancy stuff, right? Some of them are on their second and third family. So, is is all is the nice fancy cars and the fan like who is that for who at the end of the day who cares right are you are you building your life based on the joneses based on what your neighbors are trying to do like oh you trying to keep up with the neighbors like but for what right for is it is that was that was that worth burning through one family two families three families just so you can have a nice house or a nice car like is that what gives you meaning is that Right? Where do you get your identity from? Where do you get meaning from? And so, you know, just to encourage you, that's why look at the end of your life, right? What do you want the end of your life to be? What do you want your legacy to be, Timothy? What do you want your legacy to be? Start, you know, with the end in mind and then backwards plan. Now, what do you need to do today to make sure that you end up with a legacy that you want to leave? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you ask that, and you say that my mind starts hitting with all these limitations. I'm like, but I have to get the cash flow, but I need this, but I need that. And it, man, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And, and, and those questions, so the, the things that's coming in your head are not wrong either. Of course you need the cash flow. Of course you need all those, you know, assets and all those, absolutely. But think about all that stuff after you think about what legacy you want take the time to come over that leg because what people do is oh i need they start jumping on that treadmill oh i need more assets i need more cash flow I need more assets I need more cash flow next thing you know they're 40 50 years old on their second and third family and it's like oh crap i should have spent more time on the other question because the cash flow and assets bro that's easy peasy if i can be honest with you dudes you you are going to crush that i have no doubt in my mind bro the last 30 minutes we've been hanging out. I have no doubt you are going to crush it in real estate. And I know you already are, but I know you're going to be amazingly successful in real estate, whatever else you put your mind to. So, so that's a, in my, in my head as a, you know, a, a coach, that's a given for me. You're not going to have to, that's easy. That's riding a bike. Once you figure out how to ride the bike, it's just, okay, just keep riding the bike and you'll develop more assets and more cash flow. 
So take the time, make the time to invest in yourself, Timothy, to force yourself to think about the quality of life that you want to have and, and then build your life, build your activities and your tasks and your daily routines, daily week routines around the quality of life that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, awesome. If there were one or two people you could meet right now or one or two types of people that you can meet right now, that would really help you take the next step in filling out, like making sure you're doing that five uh, prong mission statement, who would they be and how would they do it? Yep. So great question. So, and, and so I, I, I love Jesus, right? And obviously anyone can have whatever faith they want to have, but that's just my, my faith background. And, and God has brought a couple of people in my life recently that I think, well, have been game changer and I think are going to continue to be game changer. Actually three, three folks. So one, I interviewed her recently on, on, on my, my podcast. Her name is Amy. She's a big baller life coach. She's super self-aware and that's an area, which is an aspect of emotional intelligence. That's an area that I have to grow. And so I have, I'm intentionally coming up with reasons that I can add value to her and stay connected to her so that I can continue to glean and learn from her as well. So that's one person. Another one is this uh, Christian psychologist guy that I also just interviewed on my podcast. Another guy, very emotionally mature and very emotionally intelligent. Same kind of deal. He's super dialed in. And I, that's an area, obviously, I'm still trying to grow my emotional intelligence. So the more I get around him, I want to, you know, same deal. I'm trying to, you know, work with both of these folks very intentionally to keep continue to make relational deposits into that relational bank account that I have with them so that I can make withdrawals and the relationship doesn't go into the negative. So I want to continue to invest in those relationships. And then the third one is a, even though I've been executive coaching, I've been coaching for many, many years, two decades now coaching people. I'm also continuing my personal and professional development in the area of coaching. And I just met a, a company, a guy who owns this company who certifies and trains coaches. And I am, I am being very intentional. I want to keep a great relationship with this company and the owner of the company. Uh, I want to figure out how I can add value to him as well. And all of those other two people as well, so that, so that I can continue to learn and grow and keep those folks in my circle uh, to continue to learn from them as well. So those are, those are a few examples for sure. Love it. Love it. So a lot of people, including myself, who might be listening to this podcast might ask, how do I go about adding value to somebody who's so far ahead of me in life or so far ahead of me in this, in the area that I want to grow in? What would you say to them? Bro? Excellent, man. I've got, I used to train on this, this, that, that question right there, bro. I, so I'm a question junkie. And that is one of my, I love, love, love that question. Man, I even need to do a podcast episode on that. That's good. So I, I probably have an hour to two hours of content on that question alone, but I'll try to just do a quick one. Don't just, okay, so so I'm going to use it in terms of a, of a relationship. So my wife, don't just, don't, don't just uh, study your, your spouse study what your spouse studies, right? So what interests your coach or mentor? What interests them? How can you add value to them? What are ways, what's important to them? How can you add value to them based on what's important to them? Also, what's their love language? 
Is it gifts? Is it quality time? Is it right? Is it words of affirmation? And so for me, a lot of times, anytime I have an engagement with 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 folks, it's been really meaningful. They've intentionally invested into me. I will write them a handwritten thank you note. Thank you. And then I give here are the three points that I got from, you know, the one, two or three points that I got from your you know, my, my time with you. And then I also think of, okay, well, you know, is, did they mention a favorite author that they may have that maybe I can go get that book or maybe a book? Oh man, I want to get this book. Well, man, if I can beat them to the punch and I can send them that book before they get it for themselves, right? Whatever little stuff, right? It's, it's 20 bucks book from Amazon. Like, is that going to break my bank? No, but it's, it's the thought and it's the intention. So how can you get better at identify again, it takes emotional intelligence. It takes others' awareness or uh, social awareness or relational awareness to even pay attention to that stuff. Did you notice they have a certain favorite type of music or favorite artist that they like? Man, I'm gonna go see if I can get them a, an autographed copy of that their favorite artist, or look it up on eBay or Amazon, some some poster that they can just something, some little meaningful thing. If I pay attention when I talk to them. What do they value? What's important to them? Can I? Keep... And a lot of times with some of these folks and these new folks I just got done telling you about, I'm gonna get a get a file going on on personal things about them that they mention, so that I can continue to ask about those areas in their life as well, so that they know I legit care about them and I want to know, hey, how's your hey, how's your boyfriend doing? Hey, this other guy, hey, how's your wife doing? How, how's little Johnny and little Susie doing? Right, so. I want them to know that I genuinely care about them as people and not just, hey, I want some transactional. Hey, Timothy, I want you to help me make money or I want you to help me close a real estate deal. No, I, I want to add so much value to them that that they're like, man, because the other thing too, this is money, Timothy. What you respect, you attract. What you disrespect, you repel. What you respect, you attract. What you disrespect, you repel. It's a quote from a guy named Mike Murdoch. And it's true. So the more I can sow into these folks, the the more they're like, man, do like how so the based on what I just got done saying, all that little stuff there, how many people do you know are are that intentional with their relationships? Very few. Right? Very few. So just by doing some of those little teeny things, that already separates me from from potentially a whole bunch of other people. And why? Because I genuinely want to add value to their life because I know they have a value that they've been adding to me and I want to reciprocate that even though, and I told, in fact, I had a conversation with, with both of them because they're both bigger ballers than I am. So how can I be it really forcing me to be creative to add as much value to them as I possibly can? Cause I'm not on their level. So they're, they're really, there's no, there's no benefit for them to be hanging out with big poppy, but at some point I'm going to be at their level and I want to keep, you know, who else can I keep sewing into above me and below me? And that's not a good way to say it, but you know what I'm talking about. That's further along than me. And that's not as far, far, far along, right? Who can I, who can I continue to reach out to, to continue to help me grow and change? But then who else can I reach behind me that I can help pull along with me as well to, to, you know, to keep that positive, that positive flow going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. What are the most one or most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals? To 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 help them accomplish their goals and dreams or to mine? Help you accomplish. Oh, uh, man, that's an interesting question. So, 
so uh, honestly is is how how other people can help me is by applying the 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 eq principles that we're teaching so anytime someone when somebody calls me up or sends me an email or message or something like that and says noble man when you episode you know 120 or episode you know you know 183 or episode 37 totally changed my life and i've been on this my i just started my emotional fitness program because of you and what you've shared in your podcast or in the eq mafia whatever dude that means a ton to me just knowing that people are applying the principles that have helped me train change and transform my own life dude that for me that that's that's the stuff that 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 i that really means a lot to me awesome i love it i love it well now we're gonna jump into our thriving three and our first question is what's your favorite book movie or podcast pick one so you know favorite book for me is the bible outside the bible which i call the basic instructions before leaving earth or i call it my spiritual 7.62 millimeter round what my spiritual ammo you know what i'm saying <laughs> so outside the bible i would say a book by by dr henry cloud called changes that heal changes that heal by dr henry cloud is an excellent excellent book for people starting out their emotional fitness journey i love it and what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is probably, you know, again, aside from my, my quiet time with the Lord and my, my Bible reading and stuff like that, my uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is my therapy. It's my physical physical fitness, emotional fitness, uh, mental fitness. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is my jam, bro. I love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take to keep pushing towards your dreams and goals? And... Uh, you know, make those relational deposits like you were talking about. So continuing to grow my emotional intelligence, the sharper, so to use a Stephen Covey deal, right? The seven habits of highly effective people to the sharper my sword is, the sharper, right? There's another verse, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so big Timothy sharpens noble, right? So the sharper my sword is, the sharper I can help make your sword. But if I'm a if I'm a dull butter knife, if I'm as sharp as a spoon, and then I'm and then I hang out with you, you hang out with me, and you say, "Hey, Noble, give me some skinny," and I give you weak sauce skinny that does has no impact on your life. I'm not I'm not sharpening your saw at all. So I want to make sure that my blade is as sharp as possible, so that when I am hanging out with Timothy, even if it's five minutes, man, I can add at least some value. Timothy walks away a better man than when he first met me. So that's, that's, you know, just bottom line is continue to take ownership and responsibility of my own emotional fitness program and stay consistent with that uh, emotional and, and also obviously my spiritual fitness program as well. Awesome. Well, Noble, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Hey, you rock like ZZ Top, bro. You are the real deal. Holy field, the bees knees, the cat's pajamas. Totally appreciate you, man. And I'm excited to follow your own growth and your own success journey. If there's anything I can ever do for you, man, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. You know, folks can can follow me, eqgangster.com, all the social media profiles and stuff. Our membership is EQ Mafia for those wanting to take their fitness, their emotional fitness program to the next level. We've got a whole group of folks working on their emotional fitness together in a safe, supportive uh, community of folks. 
and it's it's you know we're affecting change and transformation in people's lives. I want to encourage people with a couple quotes. One, unaddressed emotional issues do not get better over time. Unaddressed emotional issues don't get better over time. If you don't deal with your emotional issues, your family and your friends and your colleagues will be forced to. If you don't deal with your emotional issues, your family, your friends, and your colleagues will be forced to. And then that last one there, emotionally healthy people help heal other people emotionally. Awesome. Noble. Thanks, Big Timothy. <laughs> Noble, thank you for coming on the show. If you guys are listening to this and you know that you need to work on your emotional intelligence, which I think we all can. I think it's an ever-growing process. Make sure to join the EQ Mafia. Reach out to Noble. Make that connection. Join that community. But also, as we always ask, send this episode to one or two people with kindness. Don't make sure they know that you don't think they're a horrible person, but <laughs> send this episode to them and uh, let them know about the message that Noble is trying to get out there. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.